0: Hey there, rescuers. Hope you're well, and thanks for tuning in. Today we've got some dicey call-ins, and also, later on in the show, a couple of responses to the last call-in show, which is always a cool thing when that happens. So, without any further ado, let's dive in. I think the first call is Goblin's Henchman.
1: Hi, Jay, Goblin's Henchman here. So, I was just listening to your dice episode... Um, I remember Ray Otis was uh, talked about always having a dice in your pocket so that's an interesting parallel but uh, yeah, the bit that really caught my attention was this idea of uh, back in the 80s or whatever like computers didn't generate real random numbers and uh, when I was a teen in the 80s I decided I was going to make a random dungeon generator and I was absolutely shocked when I ran through my dungeon every time I ran it the same rooms came up in the same sequence and I discovered that it actually wasn't random at all the, the numbers were just basically appearing in the same order every time so I came up with this idea of using the clock. So whatever the time was, I then did I worked out how many seconds there were, or something, and then multipl- went through that many iterations before I picked the roll, um, just to introduce something more random, and that seemed to work. So, you know, if you played at 12 o'clock every day, <laughs> and you'd, you'd, then you'd probably get the same kind of a general outcome, sort of ish. Hi, Cherry, Goblin sentiment again. So yeah, I, I 100% agree with you about rolling dice physical dice i think that's definitely a visceral experience i know online dice rolls are convenient but for me i think i want to see those dice clatter. now i i also agree that i i've i've changed my mind when i returned to gaming about dice in the open i do agree with dice in the open one thing i would say is that i believe in is that i don't think players should know the target number because I think that takes something away. It turns into a mechanical thing. This is why I don't like Thacko. I don't like it being about mathematics. Now, if you roll an eighteen and you miss, you've learned something about the armor class of your your foe, or you know. And if you hit, if you hit on a twelve, then you know something as well. But I don't. I don't want to tell you what that is. I think that's. I think it's more fun that way. Uh, okay. Cheers, for up, Bye.
0: Big thanks to Goblin's Henchman for calling in. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's all that much to add, is there? computers can't really do random i mean to be fair computer programs these days are probably doing all sorts of clever stuff like your clock trick um but you know still something about proper dice in your hand i just yeah i just love it on the topic of like rolling in the open or players not knowing the target number you know all that sort of stuff i mean obviously this is the stuff of taste and each their own but i'm kind of with you i think that i like hidden dice rolls actually um at times but i think yeah you don't have to tell the players the target number do you and um yeah i think you're right i think some element of mystery some element of um you know not being entirely certain is nice of course, the counter-argument is that, you know, over time, players do figure out what target number they need, especially if they're in a fight with a monster. But I don't know. I think in the end, I just want to roll
2: dice. Hey, Jason here. Just listened to episode 902, Magic of Dice. And, you know, listen to that, and, and I've heard other people say similar things. It makes me wonder if I'm the imposter here. You talk about imposter syndrome and all that. And, and and I'm not doubting that or, or or saying that doesn't happen or saying those feelings aren't real. But I I get that when people talk about dice and 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 even visceral reactions to different things in games. I, I, I wonder if you know, I've often described myself as a social gamer. And and I kinda think I'd be just as happy at the bar BSing with buddies or or watching movies with buddies over beer or you know, doing whatever, is opposed to playing games because I don't have that visceral reaction. And when I get ready to start like playing a solo game, I just don't. It, it's hard to muster up, and it feels like work. And while I've got a ton of games and tons of dice and all that stuff, you know, and I and I do enjoy re- reading through them. I enjoy the words, and I enjoy thinking about what could happen. But I wonder if I enjoy that more than playing. I enjoy the social aspects of playing, but. I don't know. Maybe I'm an imposter as a, as an RPG fan, <laughs> and I'm not making fun of imposter syndrome. I'm actually being serious. I, I've got all this stuff and it's unboxed, and I and I just don't have a, I don't have the desire to, to reach out and use it, or you know, a board game. It seems like more work to set it up and play it than to play it, and they sit in the box because it seems like, like effort to, to engage. So, so I wonder sometimes, you, you know, am I in the wrong, wrong hobby? It's odd. These messages may not be <laughs> appropriate to put on the show or play for your listeners. I don't know. And that's okay if you don't play them. I, I definitely don't. You know, you're under no obligation. This is more like a like a Jason Hobbs podcast. It, it feels like maybe I should put out an episode of this myself. I don't know. I, I, I do, though. I Sometimes feel like I've latched on, and, and I truly do enjoy the friendships in this hobby. I enjoy interacting with the people in the hobby. And I enjoy, like when I show up for one of your games, I really enjoy playing in it, and, and I enjoy the interactions back and forth. But when I go to do the things on my own, it seems, it, it seems like more work than, than enjoyment. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old, or maybe my tastes are changing. It's definitely not the personalities that put me off. I I definitely enjoy all the personalities, but I wonder, you know, if the hobby is what I'm looking for. Hmm.
0: So, Jason, thanks for calling in um, with a very brave call. And you know what? I think this is a really important call. I had a few thoughts. Um, I think the first thing to say is that, you know, when picking up dice and if you don't have that same kind of tactile, visceral response, that doesn't make you not a gamer that means you're just not engaged with sense of pleasure and that's one small part of like all of the various engagements that we can have with the hobby i really do like physical things i like miniatures i like dice i like you know maps and and other physical props i really enjoy that in my gaming but you know you may not and many people don't actually care about these things that's why you know having just talked about digital dice rollers not being for me they are for most, I would imagine. But the second thing was the sort of thing of well, if you are a social gamer, and, and by the way, that is a perfectly valid way of being a gamer too, if it sounds like to me you you know, you enjoy the interaction, you get around the table or you get online with us and you game with us and you you know, you enjoy all of that, but it's just that like when you're alone you can't like find it in you. Maybe that's because you are genuinely inspired by the interactions you have at the table and not actually necessarily by the paraphernalia of the games themselves and that's fine you know I, I just think that we're different you and I very different in lots of different ways it doesn't stop us being friends it doesn't actually stop us being quite close in a lot of different ways my last thought was just on I don't know I just I know that you've had a tricky year. I know that a lot of people had horrible years, devastating years for many. Maybe right now as well, you're just at the end of a very long, horrible period in your life where essentially you're out of energy. And, you know, I've been really wrestling with this as well. I had to sort of dial things back. But I know that, you know, my situation is nothing compared to some others. And maybe that's just part of it, dude, that actually you're exhausted too and it's very hard to get excited about or interested in things when we're exhausted when we are just mentally drained and we're going through like that lower point in our our life so I don't know those are just my thoughts and I wanted to respect you by playing it calls and and sharing that because you know what I think that you're not going to be the only person out there who's having similar thoughts and worries the last thing i just wanted to say was there is a particular thought distortion that my therapist talked to me about which is the compare and despair as they put it the idea that we would somehow compare ourselves with other people and then we judge ourselves not to measure up and so we despair of who we are and what we're about and that is something i do a lot i just want to caution you against doing the same um, because we're not the same as other people each of us is utterly unique utterly and completely different and distinct and even though we have many things in common and we might even share this hobby in common we're still distinct human beings with incredible dignity as unique human beings and so please dude don't compare yourself with me and get despairing because you know well that ain't gonna be pretty thanks jason game on man
3: hey this is rob also known as many on long time eh no see or maybe not see but uh yeah i hope you're doing well it's wonderful to hear your new episodes really enjoyed the last one especially um was it 19 minutes it just felt so packed with great stuff um i do really miss listening to you on your little rambles um your gm diaries i do like that your points about the dice being sacred, yet yeah, I think we had we may have had this conversation before, but yeah, I've I've always always thought that as well. There's something about the oracle, right? You're 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 looking at the lots, you're drawing the lots, you're doing some kind of like um, some kind of ritual. There's whole rituals all around that as well, isn't there? So um, it, it does feel like you're opening the door to something, you know, even if it's like um, Schrodinger, Schrodinger's box. <laughs> Is the, is the cat alive or is it dead, right? There's this magical moment where it's both and neither. Um, and that's something that the, a lot of the dice rolls, uh, a kind of magic that they are able to tap into. And that not being, uh, not knowing, and that, that, that um, how can I say it? It's, it's something it's something has not been made manifest, right? It's still uh, an un, absolute unknown and uh, that is probably connected to the, this feeling of sacredness. Uh, that and the uh, the ritual of the dice rolls and looking up these charts to find out what it means. You know, it's like the I Ching or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, great stuff. And uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, your thoughts and continuing to share your thoughts with the community. All right, take care now. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, Rob, great to hear from you. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Rob, also known as Menyon there from the... Confessions of a Wheatimuth Bushi. Yeah, I mean, what can I add? You've you hit the nail on the head for me. All sorts of ritual, all sorts of symbolism, all sorts of kind of connections to the idea of sort of divining the outcome. Um, I love the adjudicatory power of dice, and I love the uncertainty of dice, and I love the symbolism and the visceral, physical nature of dice. And yeah, Rob, you got it. Hang on a
3: minute. There's a bit more from Rob. Oh, one last thing. Sorry. Um, I do. Uh, I really appreciate. I guess is the word. That you're you're mentioning these grey days. You know, when you just feel like you're in this this rut, this this groundhog day of repetition. Um, and I think most of us feel like that um, to a greater or lesser extent. It really does help to have um, interests and hobbies. And I think that's one of the main uh, reasons that that I came back to the hobby actually was to to have something in my life have things in my life that weren't so directly connected to work and having to um, bring home the bacon as it were for the family and all those kind of uh, complex connections um, interactions yeah. anyway thank you take care now
0: So now I've got two great call-ins from Spencer, from Keep Off the Borderlands, and also from a new first-time caller. And I just wanted to say a big thank you up front for these calls. These are in relation to the conversation that I shared between me and Frank Turfler around my labelling myself as a scanner, and also his kind of question about whether there was a relationship with ADHD. And yeah. Yeah. Basically, two call-ins. I'm just going to play them, and I'll let them stand as they are because I think they're great. Thanks to the both guys for for calling in.
3: Hi, Jay. Just
0: responding to Frank's message and your response about scanning. And yeah, I think there's a real, real problem, um and perhaps even a danger in this sort of t- the tendency to pathologize everything to turn everything into a condition, a problem, a disability. You know, when, in a lot of ways, it's just a natural response to the, the way the world is around you and how you're presented with information. Um, it, it reminds me of a quote, and I'm not sure who said this, but before you go diagnosing yourself with depression, make sure that you're not surrounded by assholes.
3: Cheers.
4: Hey, Che. Paul here, uh, first-time caller, though I've been listening to the show for quite a long time now. Uh, I just wanted to call in with a few thoughts on the June 13th Quickfire bonus episode and the discussion around whether Barbara Sher's concept of a scanner might just be undiagnosed ADHD. So I think there may be some overlap in that Venn diagram for sure, but I also think there's a lot more going on than that. I can't recall which of her books you read, but I first found her through her last book, Refuse to Choose, from 2006. And in this one, she has her fully developed typology of 11 different kinds of scanners, uh, from samplers to double agents. Uh, to plate spinners, to serial specialists, and then uh, the one that seems like it may most overlap with ADhd the high speed indecisives, uh, but really, I think a lot of what she 's saying is is to is to fight against the message that if you don 't stay neatly in a little box beavering your way to some narrow mastery, then you must be a dilettante. Uh, So, the idea that there's more ways to engage with the world than a grim slog to finish anything you happen to start is, I think, important and essential. So, playing just enough of a game to figure out what makes it tick is a perfectly legitimate thing to do. Now, this isn't to say that breadth is better than depth, or vice versa. Uh, Sometimes taking a step back to focus on something and really dig in is fantastic. Uh, But just because you like a nice steak dinner doesn't necessarily mean you want to sit down to that same big old slab of meat every night. So go to a buffet and put a little bit of everything on your plate. Uh, At the end of the day, you're the one eating the meal.
0: So that's going to be it for this episode and a massive thank you to paul for being our first time caller it's awesome when somebody new calls so thank you so much that's not however to in any way minimize the value of spencer's call menion's call jason's call and goblins henchman's call thanks so much to all those guys taking the time to throw in some messages and i have to say these aren't the only messages i've received in the last couple of weeks i just wanted to pull out the ones on dice and on the the stuff around scanning and put them together i've got another call in episodes worth on solo gaming on its way as soon as i can find some more time to edit it so in the meantime Thanks very much for listening. I'm Cher Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. This has been a call-in bonus episode. Game on. (laughs)